The Bible uses the word witness in both its noun and verb forms over 200 times. Of course, as a verb, it describes the action of bearing witness, to testify, to attest to, to act as a legal witness of. In its noun form, it's referencing the person who's the one who has observed something happening and is able to describe what they have saw or heard uh, to others. In our culture, there are actually times where reward money is offered to people uh, who actually uh, have seen something, where eyewitnesses of an event occurring. Many times it's regarding a crime that has been committed, or sometimes it's related to some kind of uh, a facility or a structure or something uh, that collapsed or had difficulties with. Even in our judicial system, eyewitness accounts of people's behavior regarding criminal activity carries a lot more weight, more weight even than circumstantial evidence does. The same is true when it comes to the reporting of news. Most local television stations will have live on-the-scene reporting. For instance, we have a local television station, channels 10 and 13, that calls their evening news eyewitness news. And there'll be an anchor and they might describe for us on the news that there was a fire on the central hillside or there was a fire over in the village of Superior, Superior and they have a reporter on the scene and her name might be Marcy Brown and, and the anchor will say, Marcy, uh, what, what's happened there? And the reporter will say, well, I have Caleb Smith right here, and he was the one who reported the fire. And then Caleb Smith will say, I was walking my dog down the street, and I noticed smoke coming out of the vents in the roof. And I immediately pulled out my cell phone, and I called to report, uh, I think, was a fire there. And I went to the door quick and, and knocked on the door and checked if the doors were locked to make sure if anybody was there. And this first responders got there, the police got there, and they were able to get into the house. And, and nobody was in there, but they were able to rescue their pets, and, and they were able to... Uh, uh, stop the fire, and uh, we love that kind of, we like those eyewitness accounts of our news. It helps us understand exactly what has happened. Well, the Bible is a book of eyewitness accounts, especially the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the book of Acts as well, which is the history of the early church. Now, all of these references are from first-hand eyewitnesses. In fact, over one-third of the Bible's references to being witness of who of who God is and what God is doing in this world are found in those first five books of the New Testament. John chapter 1 verse 14 reads, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. And John, this is talking about John the Baptist here, testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Then jumping ahead in chapter 1 to verse 32, it says, then John, again, John the Baptist, gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. In verse 34, I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Then going all the way to the back of the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verse 24, and this is referring to now the Gospel writer, the Apostle John himself, and it says, this is a disciple who testifies to these things and wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. In the Gospel of John alone, there are 47 references to witness, to testify, to testimony, 
to bear witness. And I should mention as well that there was a common form of literary technique that was used in the ancient world called inclusio. And it involved placing corresponding material at the beginning and the end of a document to mark it off as a section of that writing. Now think about it. They had no printing presses. They didn't have paper. They didn't have any way to photocopy or anything like that. So they meticulously hand copied everything. They filled all the margins, filled everything up. So it was so important to have the beginning of what you wanted someone to understand and the end of it that you want them to understand to mark out what this section is about and the content would then follow along with that. Truthfully, this is the same technique that a good term paper in high school or college will follow. Tell us what the paper is going to prove or teach in the introductory paragraph. Then you'll have the content, the body of the paper, which is teaching or proving what you want to prove, and then summing it up in the end, in the conclusion, in the final paragraph. And this is really an inclusio as well. Well, what I just read for you, a few moments ago from the Gospel of John chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 and 32 and 34 and then jumping to the end of the book is actually an inclusio. And it's the beginning to end throughout this it tells us is the true testimony. The first-hand eyewitness accounts of Jesus Christ. So John 1, 1 begins. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word, verse 14 says, became flesh and made His dwelling among us, and we have seen His glory. We've seen it. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Bible is the firsthand compilation and eyewitness accounts of God's work in this world, especially in and through His Son, Jesus. Well, this Advent season here at Mission Covenant Church, we've been studying the life of Mary the mother of Jesus, in a series that we've called Mary, Did You Know?, based upon the song that was just sung here, the very popular contemporary song with that title. And in this series, we have learned that Mary is not to be worshipped or prayed to as if she were a god, as some churches have done throughout history. But at the same time, in this sermon series, we have discovered that Mary should not be diminished either, as if she's of no significance in the life of Christ or to the Christmas narrative. We have discovered that we can learn a lot from Mary as she was one of the church's earliest disciples, a remarkable woman of faith who spoke Holy Spirit-inspired prophetic words for the church as well as words that challenged the powers that be in that particular cultural context. Now, please understand that it was through Mary in the early church, as the gospel records convey, that we have a firsthand eyewitness account of the birth of Christ. Here's what the Bible tells us. First of all, Mary received a visit from the archangel Gabriel, and we read that tonight, that she would be, con she would be conceived by the Holy Spirit, a child, and she would give birth to a son. His name is Jesus, and he would be the son of the Most High, the long-awaited Messiah, the fulfillment of the Davidic dynasty. Mary also heard firsthand from Joseph, who was betrothed she was betrothed to, and Joseph was actually going to divorce Mary because of our out-of-wedlock pregnancy that he was not responsible for. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him and told him to change his plans, told him to take Mary home as his wife, and he did. Mary also heard from her cousin Elizabeth, who heard from her husband Zechariah, who had heard from the angel of the Lord, and all these accounts we really believe it was the archangel Gabriel and all of them, and heard from the angel of the Lord that Elizabeth was going to give birth to a son named John. 
in her old age. Mary also heard as well from the shepherds who had come to worship the newborn baby. We read that passage tonight. Uh, They came to worship Jesus because an angel had appeared to them and told them about Jesus. Excuse me. (coughs) Mary was a witness too as well to the Magi coming from the east because they had seen the star in the sky that was over the home where Joseph, Mary, and Jesus were living and residing in Bethlehem. And when the Magi appeared before the king of the Jews at that time, King Herod the Great, they didn't bow. Yet when the Magi appeared before Jesus, they came bearing gifts. And we pick it up in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11, where it says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened the treasures and presented him these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They did these things as one would do for a king. Now Mary was also a witness to hers, Joseph's, and Jesus' middle-of-the-night evacuation from Bethlehem and their hurried journey to Egypt to flee away from King Herod. We pick up that story in chapter 2 in verse 12. And having been warned in a dream, that's the Magi, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod and so fulfilled what the Lord had said. Through the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. As we read tonight, too, from Luke chapter 2 and verse 19, where it says, Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. She processed them. She thought about them. And she kept them near and dear to her heart as any good eyewitness would do in a situation like this. Mary also bore witness to the events of Christmas. She's the one who passed along these accounts and these experiences to the early church apostles and to the church itself, which, by the way, is how they came to be in the Bible. And it's why we are even gathered here this evening for a worship service like this. Mary was a faithful witness of the good news of Jesus, which is that he came to save his people from their sins. She lived this and she heard it firsthand from her husband when the angel had told him in Matthew chapter 1, 21, after he had instructed Joseph to take Mary home to be his wife, he said, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You know, I too have been able to witness firsthand since I came to faith in Jesus Christ 45 years ago, God saving me from my sins and transforming my life. I have witnessed many others' lives that have been transformed as well. People who were steeped in sin, wild partiers, pride-filled, arrogant, angry, hostile individuals, people with all kinds of broken relationships in their wake. I have seen firsthand numerous people like this changed for eternity and have their lives in this world changed by the gift of Christmas. By Jesus. I have watched people go from being brawlers to being kind-hearted, going from being drunkards to God-fearing, from self-centered, egotistical irritants to caring family members. I've seen people go from being thieves to being generous, 
to, to, I've seen people uh, go from being troublemakers to peacemakers. I've seen anxiety-driven people become the most calm individuals you'd ever want, even in the midst of crises. I've watched people who have been super greedy become thankful people. I've seen people whose lives were ravaged by lust become people of love. I've seen terrible parents become good parents. I have witnessed horrible money managers become good with their personal finances. I have seen broken marriages become strong, healthy marriages. I've witnessed people who were well-known adulterers, fornicators, become faithful husbands and wives. I have personally watched bitter, angry people become some of the most selfless people that you would ever want to meet in your lifetime. I have watched morally stupid people become wise, weak people become strong. People with poor character become model citizens and model human beings. I have witnessed in my 45 years as a Christian and the 35 years as a pastor, people go from poverty to wealth, some of whom were poor because of their own reckless, lawless, wild, self-centered living. And some of them have even become millionaires. I could go on and on this evening with what I've been able to witness in my years of being a pastor and being a Christian. But you need to know that all of this I've been blessed to see over the years is because of the gift of Christmas. It's because of Jesus. Jesus is the one who saves people from their sins. Jesus is the one who gives people eternal life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but would have everlasting life. Please know as well tonight that salvation also means that Jesus is the deliverer, that he saves us for eternity, but he also saves us from ourselves, our sinful, destructive ways of life. And if we will simply turn from our sin and turn to him and receive him as Savior and Lord of our lives, the gift of Christmas means then that we can live abundant, full, meaningful lives in the here and now. I have to tell you that the greatest joy I experience as a pastor is to see people come to faith in Christ, to turn from their sin-filled pasts, surrender their lives to God, and then get to watch God transform their lives. Many times I have a front row seat to this, being an eyewitness. Sometimes I know the confidential inside information that many other people don't know of the deep, dark sin in people's lives. And it's absolutely mind-blowing to see God change people's lives. I don't know where each of you are at tonight. I don't know where you're at here. Those of you watching tonight online in terms of your faith and where you're at in faith in terms of your life journey, I'm not certain if you're a person of faith or if you have no faith whatsoever. I don't know if you believe in Jesus or yet to believe in Him. I don't know if you've ever confessed Him as Lord of your life. And I'm not the judge anyway. But what I can say as a firsthand witness, eyewitness in a long line of witnesses dating all the way back to Mary, the mother of Jesus, is that Jesus came to save us from our sins. And in part, it means that he came to save us from ourselves. And I hope and pray that each one of you here and all of you listening online will invite him into your life to do that very thing. May God bless his proclaimed word to our hearts today. 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.